Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. This is the last episode before I temporarily stop updating new episodes because I'm going to work at U12 and U18 World Cup Baseball and I feel that it would be very stressful if I continue producing the show. So I decided to stop updating the episodes for a while. I will be back on October 7th. Even though this is the last episode before October, I will still do my best to bring you some good information. I watched Barbie and Oppenheimer the day before today and two days ago. But I decided that even though I won't be able to talk about these two movies in Top 007 sections in the near future, but I still want to talk about some minor films that are actually pretty good. They might be overshadowed by these two Hollywood blockbusters, so I want to talk about them. The two new movies we're going to talk about today are not both from Asia, but they're both from Asian directors, Asian descendants at least. Let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. 777 Charlie. The protagonist is stuck in a rut with his negative and lonely lifestyle and spends each day in the comfort of his loneliness. A pop named Charlie, who is naughty and energetic, which makes him complete contrast with the protagonist's character, enters his life and gives him a new perspective towards it. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is about a puppy. I don't know about you, but I'm a dog person. So I would love to go to any dog movies. This dog movie is an Indian movie. It's the director's very first feature film. Its box office was more than 600 million and was at the top of box office on the first weekend in India. I would say you can still call it a road trip film. It's just a road trip between a human and a dog. They tried to forget about their past and move forward, becoming the turning point for each other's life. When I heard the introduction of this movie, I felt that it sounds really serious. But I think 777 Charlie should be a very touching movie because their happy life doesn't last long. Charlie, which is only one and a half years old, was actually born due to close family breeding. Therefore, she had some gene flaws that caused a lot of pains and diseases. Dharma decides to fulfill her wish. Well, maybe it's Dharma's wish, not the dog's. But anyway, they bring simple luggage and ride the motorcycle Dharma makes for Charlie to embark on a long journey. You may wonder how Dharma and Charlie meet each other. Actually, it was because of an accident. And Charlie is a Labrador that ran out of the breeding house. She met Dharma, the single worker, and they developed relationship with each other. Dharma is the kind of guy who lives on his own. He loves watching Charlie Chaplin's silent movie. 
Oh, is that a reason why he names seven 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 Charlie because he loves Charlie Chaplin? Maybe. And he's either at the factory or fighting. He loves to eat snack, smoke, and drink. He always thinks that he's the most unfortunate person in the world. But one day, seven seven seven, aka the lucky dog, comes into his life. And everything's changed. I guess this movie may not be the typical Bollywood movie, but if you like Indian movies or you're just a dog person like me, I highly recommend you to watch Seven Seven Charlie. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is also about identity. Let's listen to the introduction. Rice Boy Sleeps. Set in the 90s, a Korean single mother raises her young son in the suburbs of Canada. Determined to provide a better life for him than the one she left behind. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, 안돼 The second new movie we're going to talk about is a Canadian movie made by a Korean Canadian director. The story's adapted from the director's real experience, but the background goes back to the 90s. The time when he experienced immigration and grew up, and the story is told from his mother's perspective. Actually, his mother's background is mysterious. It's very simple, just like the legend that's long time forgotten, kind of giving it an unknown vibe. When we watch the movie, we will be able to notice that sometimes the shots move very fast. As if the destiny is looking at you, but sometimes it's like the cameras next to the protagonist gazing quietly. Although Rice Boy Sleeps talks about similar topics as the movie Minali, they're both about identity and growth. I feel that Rice Boy Sleeps is more mysterious. And quiet. It's about a mother left her love and homeland, bringing her newborn child to Canada to start a new life. But it's not easy to start a new life. There's racial discrimination and culture shock. Even their names and eating habits are problems. And that's the reason why her son's called Rice Boy. And I think the turning point in this movie is that. When they finally feel that they have an opportunity to stay in Canada, something pushed them back to Korea. I don't know what it is. I guess we can only find out at the theater. But Rice Boy Sleeps has won a lot of awards at many international film festivals. It got 95% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes and almost eight points on IMDb. Actually, the director didn't go to Canada when he was a baby. He immigrated with his family when he was eight. But because he's the only Asian child at school, he's considered as an alien. Well, that's one of the definitions of alien. He was afraid that his classmates would mock him because of his accent, so he never spoke any words. His teacher even asked his parents, "Is he dumb or something?" So this kind of experience inspired the director to make Rice Boy Sleeps after he became a director. 
If you're interested in this kind of immigration story or identity movies, you won't be disappointed watching Rice Boy Sleeps. Before we move on to Top Double Seven, let's review what we had from last week first. Top three: Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Top two was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and top one: Elemental. I would say that there aren't many new faces on the chart this week. But the ranking has been different, so let's check out top seven to top four. Top six, Sound of Freedom. Why are you doing it? Top five, Detective Conan: The Movie, Black Iron Submarine. Top four, Spider-Man: Across the Spider-Verse. I love you, Miles. Is they won't look out for you like us. All right, there are only three movies from top seven to top four this week. Apparently, it's a little bit crowded on the other sections. But anyway, all these three movies are old faces. Top six, Sound of Freedom, is not going to be released in Taiwan anytime. So if you're interested in watching it. You may have to wait until it's up to any streaming services or when it's on TV. Detective Conan the movie Black Iron Submarine. Some of my friends went to see it. They think it's not as good as the previous ones, but it's still pretty good. You know, it's Conan. And I want to talk about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Of course, I don't like the fact that it doesn't give me a complete ending. Just like the director of Mission Impossible said, you can't expect people to remember the plot of another movie while watching this one. So I think it's okay if you want to have more episodes, but at least give me some complete. Ending in this episode. Otherwise, when you release the next one, it might be another five years. How would I be able to remember what happened? But other than that, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is definitely the best movie so far this year. I mean, when I was recording this show, I hadn't seen Barbie and Oppenheimer, so I'm not sure if I would like them better. But Spider-Man is definitely the best one so far. It not only talks about identity, but also talks about belonging and family. Yes, family is also a very touching and successful theme in a movie. Not to mention the art in it is really amazing. So no matter you like the previous episode or you just like animation in general. I'm pretty sure you will like Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. But now let's move on to top three to top one. Top three: Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I'm retiring. Well, in that case, what are we drinking? Top two: Elemental. Sorry. Five, top one: four, Insidious: The Red three, Door. Two, one. Dalton! Are you ready? Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning, Part One. Ethan, this mission of yours. Yes, it's a little bit crowded because we have a new friend, Insidious: The Red Door. It's a horror, so 
as you know, I'm not going to talk about it. And I think it's apparently not critically acclaimed, but it's the only horror recently. So for people who love horrors, maybe they don't have choice; they can only go watch *Insidious: The Red Door*. But of course, I'm not going to talk about it. I want to talk about *Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning* Part One. The director thinks that producing the movie itself is an adventure. Well, you know, it's Tom Cruise's movie. We've seen him stop breathing in the water for six minutes. Well, I'm not sure if it's six minutes. I remember it's six minutes. Crawling outside of Halifa, hanging on the outside of an airplane while taking off, piloting a helicopter while doing action scenes. What else? I mean, Tom Cruise is doing adventures every day. He's trying to take it to the next level. And just like what I introduced last week, I talked about the most dangerous stunt scenes you can see in this movie. So it's reasonable that the director thinks producing the movie itself is an adventure. But actually. His reason is that because it's already the seventh, right? You have to expand and create something new based on the content before. That would be a little bit difficult. But watching this episode, the audience will feel that the character's world keeps expanding. Because you go to places that this series has never been to, you will also be able to look at this world from a perspective that you've never tried before. So no matter is the production or the story itself, they're both adventures. Also, the antagonist this episode represents the biggest and The threats that Ethan would not be able to conquer, because he actually appeared in previous episodes before, but Ethan couldn't solve it, and that's the reason why this one's called the Dead Reckoning, because they're counting all the things he did before, and they want him dead. Remember last week that I said I was wondering whether I should go watch it. But I didn't go eventually because I feel that okay, I think I will like it, but I probably wouldn't put it in my all-time list, and I'm not that interested in Mission Impossible series. So if I go watch it, I will have to write something about it because I like it, but I won't like it very much. So it feels stressful. Do you know what I mean? But anyway, I just wanted to relax a bit and save some time for Barbie and Oppenheimer this week. But you know, it's a Tom Cruise movie; it's definitely worth watching. And that's all the time we have for today. Hope you like the show, and remember to come back on October seventh. I will see you then. Goodbye.